this on. TPP 15. You gonna get a dozen shrimp? Hey, you throwing that cast net again this weekend? Oh, good lord. I almost died. I do not want to paddle that far. Once again, he almost died. I'm not waking up at the butt crack dawn. I'll see you at the launch around noon. I love wake baits. Haven't you ever heard them chatter? Let me double back here first. And now, a word from Saltside Jet. Oh, yeah. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle. Check out our sponsors. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. No, like, check out our sponsors. Check out our sponsors. I know you're gonna dig this. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Lewis, and this is another edition of the Paddler's Playbook. Coming to you live from the yeah, Bait buddy. Butler Studio. Drew, what you been up to, man? Building rods. That's it. And Come on. Th- that's man. it. It's Christmas time. That's all. That's all I've been doing. I fished. That? Fished a tournament two weeks ago. Um, that's, and that's the rough thing about building wares. Yeah, and well, during during Christmas time, um, I don't I don't mind it because there's a lot of people that want custom rods. Uh, for Christmas, and I think I had eight, nine that I needed to finish for Christmas. Um, I have one more to finish. Today's the fifteenth that we're recording this, so I got ten days to finish one rod. But I, what I what I do is I'll usually um, build a whole lot this time of year, and then come January, I don't do nothing. I won't build a single rod all of January and February. And then it starts warming up, and people get spunky again, and and they want to, uh, they want to get some custom rods built. But what about you, man? What what have you been Take doing? Have you, have you moved into the house yet? No. <laughs> in fact, listen, everybody out there in podcast land, if you're listening to me right now, you're listening to this on whatever platform you're listening to. If you are a contractor and you have ever skipped out on a homeowner, a home builder, screw you, man. <laughs> dude this is our we just had a guy um no show us after building half he's 50 percent through with the cabinets and then he started to no show us just not show up to work and we'd call him he's like yeah 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 i'll be there monday not show up call him dude where are you at bro Oh, yeah, yeah, I had something come up. I'll be there tomorrow. Not show up. So finally, I had to tell him, don't bother coming back, dude. I got to find somebody else now to finish these cabinets. So that's where we're at. Um, We've pretty much decided, you know, just not to rush things. Just get it done. And when it gets done, it gets done and we'll move in. But we're going on six months now. And what that honestly means is that I'm not able to get out on the water, Drew. Like I'm, I'm not kayaking. I'm not fishing. I'm stuck every weekend, you know, trying to get things done here. So I'm really hoping that these warm weather trends will continue for a little bit longer so that we can move in and I can get out on the water. Get out and do some fishing. Have you finished your Christmas shopping? Uh, yeah. Finished all your Christmas shopping and then everybody's and then, done, dude. I didn't spend much time at all on on everybody that I had to buy for. I already knew, you know, what little things I could get because I'm pretty freaking broke right now. 
<laughs> well, well, you're pretty freaking broke. But on our last episode, you talked about how much money you spent on the Pure Fishing website and what we what we got for the Pure Fishing website. So here's the deal, though, man. Um, yeah, so I did use the the Pure Fishing our our ability to purchase on that website to buy some Christmas gifts, not only for myself but also for f- some family members because they're all fishermen too. I and I'm sure you did the same myself. thing. I, I bought nothing. I may give my brother some line. That's from <laughs> from that from that, that whole from that whole from that whole order. Uh, line is about the only thing. Well, I bought Jessica got a new reel. Um, got her a reel. So she got she got the conflict. I felt betrayed because she wanted the conflict, and I was like, "The clash is available." She's like, "No, I want to try the conflict." I'm like, "Oh Jesus!" What, what size was? Been it? listening to been listening to Chris. She got the three thousand because she wants it for popping corks, so a little something yeah. bigger, Dude, something it's a little heftier. Real, bro. That's a solid mm-hmm. reel. I mean, it's the weight on the conflict is, you know, it's comparable to some of the best egg beaters out there, man. Um, as far as weight is concerned. It used to be the Stratic couldn't be beat, you know, and um, and then people started to build all these carbon fiber reels, and the weight started to go down, and now, you know, I think uh, the conflict is it has some carbon fiber, but it's mainly aircraft aluminum, and it's just super light, man. It's a great reel. She'll well, like it. Yeah, I I think she will, and you know we're talking it's a about solid black. It is, and I think that's why she picked it, because it's solid black. Because I gave her the choice of the Zeta or that Conflict, and she chose the Conflict, and one of her reasons was it was solid black. She didn't like that OD green. Uh, that, that wasn't her style anymore. She she did her time in the Army. And she, she did her not, time. She's she, like, I don't need She does not need that anymore. color any <laughs> anymore. But we're talking about spending money here for Christmas, and I think, you know, this episode that we're doing, I think everyone that has been out on the water, seen the wildlife, seen the places that we get to fish, and taken it all in, I think everybody wants to capture that. But a lot of us don't know the best ways to capture that other than just picking out picking up our phone and taking some pictures and cell phones do a great job these days they do yeah i mean my my cell phone says it takes a photograph at 108 megapixels how true do you think that is i i i think some of it is is enhanced honestly um i can get i can get a cropped image pretty damn good and then i'm looking at it going hmm that don't seem like 108. Maybe, that doesn't look like 108, yeah. So if you guys couldn't tell by Chris's response, what we're going to talk about on this episode is we're going to talk a little photography. We're going to talk a little videography. We're going to you know, kind of get the basics on if you would like to get in to base level photography, You know, maybe some lenses. We're going to talk about some editing programs. We're going to talk about, you know, the key elements that you need to know before you even buy a camera. Um, we, we get into a lot of it in this episode. You know and what we didn't really get into, though, is a lot of the don'ts. We, we didn't get into a lot of the don'ts, but I feel like if we get a really good response to this episode, there's going to have to be 
a a remix, a second episode, a part two of this episode, because there was a lot of things that we we definitely could have touched on. You know, and I think one of the don'ts is that everybody should know is don't go out there and expect to be a pro right away. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take some time to learn, just like everything else. You know, I, I love photography, and I love it because it's a great hobby. I love other people's photography, but you know, it's, I'm, it's I'm like, not too successful. It's like, you know, how Jess loves to um, garden? Garden and bake cheesecakes. Yeah. Oh, dude. Where's my cheesecake, bro? <laughs> you need something. You look like you're shaking a little bit over there. <laughs> so, you know, some people love to get out and, and play in a garden, you know, and and watch their the the seeds that they've sown actually grow into something edible. Um, for me, man, I love creating a memory. Whenever it comes to like taking a photograph, it's like all about creating a memory that is now tangible you know you can put it in your hands um not and it's not just in the memory bank it's something that you can relive and revisit um very easily and i'm a lot of these guys are in it to make money or profit in some way so you don't always get to see the just the hobbyist side of things Mm -hmm. and these guys honestly well, I could say honestly, Ben's doing it from just a hobbyist standpoint. Yeah, Ben's doing it hobby, but Reggie's, Reggie's he's a photographer. He is a photographer, yeah. He's yeah. a legit photographer. He and he's working with some big name companies within the kayak industry already. Right. And um so you'll get to kind of hear some things from both aspects, both sides of the coin, if you will. Um and I guarantee you that that there's not all of the, the all of the information is not laid out for you, and we've already said at the end of this episode, reach out to our guests if you want to uh, find out more, learn more. Um, they're great guys. You'll you'll hear that from the episode. Some of you guys already know Ben. You already know that Ben's been on our show numerous times, but um, they love the hobby so much that they're willing to spend time with complete noobs and um and help them yeah hey have you ever heard that that saying that idiom um don't shit where you sleep yes i always think of that whenever i'm like man should i follow a hobby that i love into a profitable career and then i think why would i was i, I was wondering I where you were going with this i was <laughs> well, i was loud i was like whoa where where is chris going with this but yeah, you, you're right, um, and you're talking about, you know, wondering if you should go there with this hobby, and you talked a little bit about, you know, we don't lay it all out. We've done 50-something episodes, and we still haven't touched on every single aspect of catching a redfish in the marsh. Oh, hell no. We can talk about that forever. But but we've laid a few foundations for people to start where to start looking. And I think this episode lays a solid foundation of where to start if you think that photography and Indeed. videography is something that you want to get into. Absolutely. Yeah. 
You're going to bleep some shit out in this one? Nope, not bleeping anything. <laughs> Nothing Get is being bleeped. Get ready, folks. It gets saucy. This is gonna this is gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be a fun one. But before we get started, let's uh let's hear a little bit from Jess and hear about real sportswear, pin fishing, and ACK. Hey bro staff, it's that time of year again. And as always, I'm here to help you get those great last minute gifts under the tree for the angler in your life. ACK is also here to help you with the top picks of the week. Grab a new PFD to put under the tree, or if you're feeling super generous, how about a Novacraft Prospector 16? No matter what your budget, ACK has a gift for you. Speaking of gifts, how about a gift that keeps on giving, like a new graphic tee from Real Sportswear. Go to realsportswear.com and check out all the new t-shirt styles for 2022. Always a crowd pleaser for the people in your life, give the gift built to battle. No, not your in-laws. Penn's 2021 Holiday Gift Guide will make it easy for even the lamest of gift givers to actually get you something you'll be happy to open this year. So gently guide them over to penfishing.com and let them fingers do the walk-in. All right, guys, that's all for me. Once again, wishing all of you a very Merry Christmas, and I'll see you on the salt side. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, you know what, uh, Drew, so this time you decided to surprise me with two guests. You know, I, I had no idea what the rest of our year looked like, but here we are. We're at the end of it. We've got two guests for our last show of 2021. Is this our last show of 2021? This is our last show of 2021. This is our last show of 2021. And, um, man, it couldn't come a time because, you know what, a lot of people for Christmas are going to get new gadgets, new gear, and a lot of that new gear, I'm going to bet, is film and photography gear. And uh, what better, you know, folks to have on than than those that have actually completed a, a class in uh, in videography, and uh, a guy that actually shoots professionally at the National Aeronautical Space Administration. <laughs> that's that's the bomb right there, man. Two dudes that. You know what they got it going on, man. Just like Stacy's mom. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got Ben Maldonado. Say hi, Ben. Hey guys, hey, Drew. I'm gonna stop you for a second, though. You said a class. Bachelor's he went degree. to film school. Oh, he, okay. he went <laughs> to school. Yeah, he got a. He, he went he got to school. A... Uh, he just schooled me. But uh, not you know, bragging here. But you know, it wasn't what, a class. Gotta you got to get it. Ben, ben, right? get it right. Did you take a class? For that degree, I took a lot he, of classes. For he took a lot. I was partially class. right. I was partially. Right. There you go. <laughs> took a lot of classes, and then uh, next to Ben, y'all don't y'all don't get to see this magic here, but we've got magic upon our screens. Next to Ben is Reggie, the Texas Ranger Chopper. Wait, did I say that? There you right? go. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> good enough. The Chopper Ranger, Texas Reggie. Chopper, Texas Ranger, like Chopper, like Walker, Texas, Texas Ranger. Ranger. <laughs> so so uh reggie is a, uh, a photo expert and ben is our video expert um we're gonna get into some basics chris, chris you, you like to you like what to up, um what up? you like to fuck with me all the time and, and you know tell me what words i should have said what did i um, say dude reggie is a photographer that's what did the, i say 
photo expert. Um, photographer is the word you were looking for there. So go on, go on. I just I, I had to take the chance to correct you. He's I've, got, a I've got some funny stories about photography, by the way. Some things that you guys, um, y'all are rather young, I think. Maybe maybe pretty close to the same age as I am. Reggie, how old are you? Uh, I think I'm 39. I'm, you think you're 39? Yeah, okay. yeah, it serves it well, yeah. <laughs> hey, you can't start using that ter- that terminology until you hit your 40s at least. And then Ben? 40. Big 4-0. 40? Okay, you guys aren't much younger than yeah, I Yeah, I was going to say, how young? <laughs> and, I'm the and, baby of the group, <laughs> Drew man. is the baby, so I'm I don't know if Drew's going to remember this or not. But in the nation of the United States, right, there was this phenomenon called Fox Photo. Do you recall this thing called Fox Photo? Is that like a website? That, <laughs> yeah. exactly. that came out? Back then, there, there weren't many websites back then. So back, I, they died. Like, Actually, you know how they say video killed the radio star? Uh-huh. Digital cameras killed film. It really did. You know, Once digital cameras came, came out and they started to become really good, film just died. And back then um, in the in the 90s, I worked for Fox Photo and Fox Photo was this place where you could drive, drop off your film. You didn't even have to go inside the store. I remember now. If you watch that 70s show. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I worked in one of those little booths, actually uh, started working at one in the mall and then worked in one of the little booths that was outside of the Kroger's or right in, in Friendswood. And so I have a little bit of background with photography, but it's it's going to be with film, not so much with digital cameras. I remember whenever the first digital camera came out, it was a Kodak and you had to hold it like a cheeseburger. It was that freaking big. It was massive. I should have found a picture to show you guys and maybe I'll just send it to you later. But uh, anyway, that's the funny story about photography. Yeah, I did have to one time wear the Fox outfit um, and that was hell wearing it was an actual fox. fox it was an actual fox yeah the fox the fox icon for the or character for fox photo um was like this goofy looking like knuckles character from sonic right this was before well no it is after sonic came up so he did kind of look like knuckles from sonic the hedgehog and it's one of those you know plush costumes that people wore the head was like 10 foot tall and all you did was sweat freaking 70 pounds of of sweat wearing this freaking thing walking around um but yeah they would put me in that damn suit and walk around in the mall and it was just it was hell kids coming up to you kicking you in the freaking shins and you know screaming and crying to mom mom's like taking the kid going here hold my kid hold my kid i want to take a picture do it you're right there behind me don't forget that's true true. okay that that's enough of the furry talk chris's (laughs) furry days when when he was into all kinds of crazy stuff Let's let's talk a little kayaks. Let's let's get into the meat of the episode. Let's talk about some photography, some videography. You know, Ben has been on the show before, so we've kind of he's been on the show what like three times. I think this may be his third time on the show, but this is Reggie's first time on the show. So, Reggie, man, I I gotta know. I ask this question that to everybody that comes on. I want to know what your first kayak was and then i want to know how did you get into fishing like have you Can been fishing your whole life kayak is? 
I'm gonna guess it's a Hobie. That's just my guess. Really? Like he went straight to the Hobie? Like damn. I'm gonna guess he went straight. I'm gonna guess he went straight to the Hobie. But Mm -hmm. let's see. Let's see. So about seven years ago, I moved from uh, from Sugarland to here. It was actually San Antonio, Sugarland, and then back home. I grew up in Laporte, and I I wanted to get back on the water as much as possible. I grew up surfing, and and I was mountain biking a lot. So I wanted to take up a new sport. So I, I I went to Academy. Body uh, ocean kayak prowler, prowler thirteen. I think it is. Dang, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, I had that thing maybe about a year, and I got rid of it. I wanted to get back into mountain biking, so I ended up selling it. And I did a little bit of fishing off of it, but I didn't do very much. And then about uh, let's see, maybe about four years later, I just I I wanted to do something else, something different, something sports related. So uh, I had heard about those safari races. I don't know if you heard. It's from like San Marcos to the Gulf. Yes. Yep. Yeah, the safari. The Texas yeah, safari. Yeah, I was all down for that. I was like, I'm going to do this shit. I don't, I don't care how it's going to happen. I'm going to do it. So, but then I was like, well, let me, you know, let me get a kayak. I started looking at canoes. They're expensive. So then I went out to, uh, what was it called? Cabela's. And I got an Ascend kayak. But it's like, it's like a hybrid. It's a canoe slash kayak it's like, it, looks like a, it looks like a big tub basically so i got that thing and i had it and, you know i was trying to get exercise out of it and i was in it's a big boat basically i'm pushing around and then i started fishing i was like holy shit you know i think i like fishing a lot more than this whole kayak hey, hey, we can't say cuss words oh. on here by the way oh all right he, he's just fucking i'm just fucking with you because <laughs> <laughs> i cuss a lot squared <laughs> away so you bought the ascent well now what's wh- i'm I've got to ask, you said you wanted to do Texas Safari and you're thinking about Texas Safari. And so then you're like, I'm going to get another kayak and you go, you didn't research like what kind of kayak you would need to do the Texas Safari because that thing is hard, like (laughs) with two people in the lightest possible. It's hard. Yeah, so I, I did research it, and I really wanted to do it with somebody, you know, because there's a two-man team that you can do it with. And uh, I think the canoe is called a Grooman, a Grooman, or Groo something. It starts with a G. That's a, the, the canoe that most people use. It's like a steel, aluminum-looking one. And, you know, it's fairly expensive to get. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to get anybody to do this. If I'm going to do something, it's going to be on my own. So I did get that that ascend one thinking that it's a big boat maybe i'll get some exercise and you know get into it by pushing <laughs> you were definitely gonna get some exercise in that thing <laughs> yeah yeah but then as i got into it i realized you know i didn't do the research on you know how low you I realized oh my gosh i'm sinking every time i take this thing out <laughs> yeah yeah basically i'm bailing and, and water then- more than i'm paddling yeah, it actually wasn't too bad. I used to also watch this uh, YouTube guy. I think it's Brentwood something, and he does a lot of uh, river trips. And and he had an ascent. I was like, well, you know, this whole safari thing don't work out. I'll try to do these camping trips. You know, like just to get away, do something different. So, but I picked up a fishing pole. I was like, holy shit, you know, I really do like, you know, I'm gonna try to get into fishing. And what I told myself was, so the way I learned photography was off of YouTube. I didn't. I did take a, like an online course, but I don't have any degrees, certifications, or anything. So I told myself I was giving myself a year to strictly learn how to fish off of YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to dedicate myself to it. So I did that, and then I started seeing the Hobies. I was like, man, I need a Hobie. You know, like paddling this big-ass boat, trying to stay in a spot, you know, it was really difficult. So 
it only took about two or three months. I got rid of that and bought a Hobie. I think the most intelligent people end up in a Hobie anyway. So, you know, kudos to you. Oh, we're going to have like, we're going to have. <laughs> True story. True story. People True saying that we I are just, just dude, like I, the I, biggest just, Hobie honks ever now. i the shit out of everybody else that's listening right now. Don't start that. Man. They all know that I have 50 different freaking kayaks. They know I don't care. But when you're tournament fishing, what are you in? Um, I can show you pictures upon pictures when I'm in lots of different kayaks. I'm but, talking about now. But nine Hobie times out, out of ten, it's a hobby. That's Hobie what I revolution. thought. <laughs> that's, that's it right I there. missed my Adventure 16. That was a great freaking tournament boat. But, Reggie, you haven't, you haven't been, like, quote-unquote, in the kayak game very long. But no. as we were talking before this, you're on the ACK fishing team. You're working with Bending Branches. You're working with Hobie Eyewear. I mean, I think that just that's a testament to the quality um, of your photography and, and the quality of what Damn you're sure doing. Because <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a uh, that's that's why we wanted to bring you on the show. Is you know because. I think you gotta get you're talking back about the YouTube Reggie. fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about the YouTube fishermen and stuff, and we're not like really huge on the YouTube guys I know. here Believe on the show. We're, we're not we're not the biggest fans of most. But of we them. do subscribe to you. Do you, man? You know yeah, it's, exactly. It's, I like that. We 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 subscribe to the to the you do you you do your thing, but you know. I just, I think it, it, you're an example of quality, quality, quality will get you somewhere. Um, and, and I just, I mean, like it's a tip of the cap to, to quality because I suck at, I've been trying harder to take better pictures, but I'm just taking them with my phone. Um, tried to take video that I really, really, really suck at that. It doesn't um, know, Hey, be, be truthful, be truthful, man. It's not that you suck at photography. It's not that you suck at taking videos. It's not that your phone sucks. It's that every time you just like me, man, every time we bring that shit with us, it's skunk city. Well, that you gotta, just you gotta make case because I don't ever. What was that, Ben? No, I was just saying you got to make an asserted effort to, to uh, want to yeah. take that stuff out. It's, it ain't For fun sure. all the time. I mean, you want to catch that fish. You're on school yeah. of fish. You're like, oh, damn, do I cast or I'll bring out the camera? Like, all right. Yep. All right. Hold that thought. It's bad juju with us. Hold that like, thought because that's that's something that we want to get into. Hold that thought because that's <laughs> going to be, you know, a little bit of our tips for getting the best shots and most out of your day on the water. I want to talk to you guys about how you go about setting up your shoots and everything. But let's just start at the base level with this. I don't have a camera. All I have is my phone. But I, I want to get a camera. I want to step my game up. I don't want to have the cheapest thing out there. Like, we talk a lot about reels and stuff on this show. I don't want to have a bubble pack camera. I don't want to have a bubble pack reel. I want to have something that I'm going to buy and I'm not going to regret it. But, you know, after three or four years, I may want to upgrade to something a little nicer where would you guys tell 
someone to start if they just want, you know, something that can take quality images but may not be the top of the line. And I know this is going to be very subjective, and I already know which cameras both of you use, so this is going to be a good, you know, this is going to be like Luz and Abu Garcia and, and Shimano and everything else. There's going to be different uh, different ones you're using. So, Reggie, uh, which camera or brand of camera do you use, and where would you steer somebody to if they're just wanting something to get some better quality add shots? something to that. Along the lines, not along the lines of a professional photographer either. You need to think of yourself as the novice, the guy that's that's you know novice wildlife photography maybe some pictures of your yeah. kids in the backyard you know something that's going to be kind of a utility type don't of be camera. throwing out you know like oh yeah go get that alpha <laughs> seven two fifty nine nine or ten yeah you know to be honest it is so subjective it's even hard for me to tell you to be honest but what i will say is you know just get a camera within your price range like i would say 300 bucks is a good starting camera good range and uh right now uh, mirrorless is a trend uh the the time of dslrs are in the past i mean so there's no need to go looking for dslrs if you want to start out find a mirrorless that's a, maybe like a 300 range and you know there's an old saying that you know the best camera is a camera in your hand so no matter you know what you got it doesn't matter as long as you have something in your hand and you're out there actually trying to take photos is what really matters um from my standpoint, what I would give somebody the best advice because I'm, I'm truly, I'm more about the editing side and, and, you know, the photos, you know, taking photos is one thing, but there's a whole other back end that I love for my, side. yeah, from my side that, that means more to me than just taking the photo. So I would, I, I would tell somebody look for a camera that has capability for uh, raw to shoot in raw and not all uh, low end cameras have raw format and a uh, raw format is that basically a file format that uh that allows your camera to give more uh memory i guess the word is detail so you have more pressure right yeah Ada. yeah yeah yep yep so you have more leverage to edit uh you learn how to shoot a little differently to utilize your camera the best you can so uh my best advice would just like find a camera about 300 300 bucks with a raw format and you know, just take it out there. Be consistent. It's like I think Ben said earlier. You know, you just you got to make that time, that effort to go out there. And, and if you don't go out there and shoot at least three times when you're out there, you might as well end up selling that camera. <laughs> you know, some of the month. the flagship phones now shooting raw. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The iPhone too. Yep. So you don't even need. Uh, to be honest, you don't you don't need to go get a camera until you're actually using what's in your hand. You know, so. I, uh, you know, people ask me all the time what the best camera is, and I honestly don't know. I mean, I just know what I have, and I'm not a real techie guy, so I can't really be like, oh, this camera has all these technical aspects that are really good. Uh, I started with a Canon uh, Rebel T6i, and uh, the Rebels are like the entry level, and they're, they have a long-standing history of being really good cameras, um, and, but those are DSLR cameras. Um, so anything entry level is going to be good regardless at, at this point. Um, if you go Canon, Nikon, Sony, they're all the same shit, to be honest. It's just who you start with is probably who you end up being with. And there's a lot out. of, I've seen a lot of newcomers into the game for um, mirrorless cameras. Ben, have you seen any of these 
like Sigma now has their own mirrorless. Fuji has a mirrorless. Well, Fuji's been in the game for a long time. Sigma's been in the game for a long time too. But since you're talking mirrorless technology, there are some some guys who don't normally make cameras that are now jumping into the game. Yeah, I mean, it was just like five years ago that if you were talking about mirrorless versus DSLR, the DSLR guys would win. They had all the top specs and all the latest, you know, um, features, right? But nowadays, it's like if you're buying a DSLR, you're living in the past, right? Because all the manufacturers, whether it's Sony, Canon, Nikon, Fuji, um, they're all investing into their mirrorless lineup, right? And that's the future, right? What's um, the advantage? The What's the advantage yeah. of the the mirrorless to the DL, DSLR yeah, or whatever it is? So, so Reggie probably can answer some of these, but I know like some of the advantages are whenever you're looking through a DSLR range or viewfinder, you're no, you're not looking at the actual exposed image, right? You're looking at what you would see in in you know real life, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Reggie. Yeah, you're um, right. Yeah. But when you're looking at a mirrorless, it doesn't reflect like the DSLR would. The, off of the lenses right it's an actual representation of the viewfinder as it would be on that back lcd screen so whenever you're adjusting your exposure triangle iso exposure uh, shutter speed and um uh f-stop you're going to see the actual changes in that viewfinder and on the lcd screen right so it gives you the ability to be able to see your exposed image right from the start right so that you don't have to go back and what do they call it chimp is that what they call it, Rich? Yeah, yeah. When you're going, you take a picture and you're like, oh, damn it, I messed up the uh, uh, shutter speed. I should have sped it up a little bit to catch that bird or that fish, right? You're seeing it in real time, right? So it's, it's, uh, yeah. there's some other advantages too, right? And like I said, all the manufacturers, that's the route they're going, right? So, um, yeah, they're also, they're also a little more compact. They're not as heavy right. as the DSLRs. But ultimately, what Ben said is that basically the advantages that you know uh, mirrorless have over DSLRs. They're more yeah, electronic. Yeah, that, that was really a big. You're right. You're right, Reggie. That was a big selling point because I know a lot of people were they liked the compactness and the you know the portability of those uh, mirrorless, but they they didn't have all the features back then. And then fast forward, you know, till now, and it's like they have all the features plus more, right? So, uh, and it's ridiculous these, what these mirrorlesses can do nowadays. Yep. So what what are like the price tiers? Because I know when me and Chris are talking about reels, and I I, I don't know anything about cameras, so I'm going to keep going back to compare them to reels since a lot of our listeners know about reels. We're like, okay, cheapies, the, the bubble wraps are going to be like $79 and below. The okay ones are going to be like $79 to $150. And then when you start getting into the $150 to $250, that's kind of the sweet spot price range where you're going to get some some pretty good quality stuff that's going to last and then once you get above 250 you're just kind of in the in the luxury type cameras i know you said you start out find something around 300 bucks i mean is that start out 300 to 500 600 i mean where are you at in my head dude i'm you said 300 bucks i'm going what camera out there is that's 300 dollars the Canons, the Canons and Nikons, yeah. those are usually yeah. DSLRs. Yeah. Yep. But yep. they're DSLRs. Like the DSLRs, and, yep. And they're not, yeah. Go ahead. And they have all the capabilities. I mean, uh, the T6, I think they're T6s. There's like several different models of them. They all have really good video. They all have raw capabilities. Um, they have built-in flash, which you probably won't use a lot, but you can use around the house with your friends and family. Um, so they got everything you need to start out to figure out if this is really what you want to do. 
Now, if you want to go in there and jump in and you're like, okay, you know, I want a good camera. But yeah, you got you got Hobie money. Okay, you got Hobie money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to uh, get a good camera. Where are you at? Uh, are you going you straight to Hobie money? Well, yeah, I guess we'll call this Hobie money. Uh, we'll call it no. Hobie Com- Compass money. Okay, Compass yeah. money. There you go. There you go. All of our listeners can can. We're not at PA money. We're at Compass no, money. No. Okay. I think you nailed it, though, Reggie. Like spending three hundred bucks on a camera to start off with. I think you nailed it, man. That's probably the best advice you can give somebody that doesn't really know whether or not they want to pursue that hobby, that profession, et cetera, et cetera, right? Because you're investing. Mm-hmm. Again, it's $300 isn't you know, maybe a lot, maybe not a lot to some people, but it's it's for photography probably your entry-level price point, right? And if you decide, hey, I do want to get into photography, you can always flip it and not have that big loss of depreciation, right? You play devil's Because advocate. more than likely, you're going you're gonna to move over to a mirrorless or maybe you stay with it, you know, whatever the case may be. But one of the things that you need to consider is if you want to continue photography is the lenses and staying in that lens ecosystem, right? Because even going from a Canon DSLR to a Canon mirrorless, you have a different lens ecosystem, right? So it's just, it, it, you can really go down a rabbit hole on where you want to invest, right? So you got to really kind of, you know, really think about that aspect of things. So. I've, I've taken yeah. Reggie and Ben's advice and I've spent $300 on a Canon T-Rex. And T6. Okay. And and I'm frustrated as I like hell. it better as I like it better as T Rex. <laughs> I'm frustrated as hell because I bought this thing and it's not intuitive whatsoever. And I'm taking pictures and everything's freaking out of focus. Nothing is is happening the way it should. And Use your hair. <laughs> is that, that's now? exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yes, it is. It is because. Because you're sitting there telling me, you know, oh, man, I took this picture and I should have had a different exposure. Oh, shit, I took this picture. I should have had a different ISO. Oh, shit, I took this picture. You know you know how many times most new users would be like, forget it. I'm done. And kick that thing to the curb. That's where I think well, that's mirrorless why camera, that. spending the couple little extra money and getting a mirrorless camera could really be in their favor. Well, if you know you're a frustrated type person that, that would want to kick it to the curb. I mean, you want to suggest something else to him? I, I, it, the thing is, is like there's, there's the in between. It's not like kayaks. I mean, I guess it could be. You could be like a Cabela's versus Hobie, basically. $300 is Cabela's, Canon, mirrorless, high ends, $1,000, $1,200. And there's the in between. If you go in between, you're, you're going to eventually end up spending the $1,200. That's the problem with cameras, you know? So, and, and Ben is right. It is user error. That's why I do say get something that's about 300 bucks because I, I think with a lot of people, I think the issue I have with people and cameras nowadays is they let the cameras take the photos. You know, it's if you want to get a really good expensive camera, you need to take the photo, not the camera doing the work for, for you. What I mean is, is shooting in auto modes. Like, you know, you just pick up your camera and shoot. You never change the shutter speed. Never, never change the aperture. You never change the ISO. So you're not really getting the full benefits of your camera unless you really understand how the camera works. So even you though you have a 300 shots, but you're not going to get all of them properly exposed or properly focused. You know what I mean? Yep. So you're so, saying the camera is not going to do all the work for me? If you really want to get into photography, the best thing to do is is learn how to shoot in manual. That's how you really use your camera to the fullest extent 
and get the photos that you're wanting to get. And you get this camera, you're like, oh shit, I got this brand new camera. I'm gonna be dropping some fire on Instagram. If you don't know how to use it, it ain't gonna happen. You're gonna get the we all know camera. we all know and, how that turns out, every, right, Ben? <laughs> every new user is gonna start off in, in automatic mode or whatever you yeah, want to yeah. call it. But I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're if you're truly passionate about the uh, the hobby or the profession. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't start to pursue and start to like like Reggie said he learned on YouTube. I did too, right? I, I, you know, all my photography was learned on YouTube. But I mean, however you go about learning, the, you know, the skill, you have to start digging deeper, right? You're gonna you're gonna eventually move to manual mode. But even if you don't go to straight to manual mode, go to an aperture priority mode or a shutter priority mode, right? Yep. Um, every camera has it. There's I, I don't know of a single DSLR or uh, mirrorless camera that doesn't have that, right? Because it's a a baby step, right? You can learn how to adjust the aperture or the um, shutter speed and how each one of those aperture, shutter speed, and ISO, the exposure triangle, um, how they interact with each other, right? So, can I ask you guys uh, a question? Did y'all see any of those pictures that I took on Devil's River? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. Almost, Chris. I shot almost every single one of those in intelligent mode. There's nothing wrong with that. You know why? Because every scene was 100% different, and I was like. And I had my, my camera inside of a waterproof case. So trying to... You got to go on the fly, Chris. You got to go on the fly. You got them two fingers that go... Try, that adjust trying to, to whatever trying you're trying to dick to with that what with that waterproof camera <laughs> yeah, I is, is no yeah. fun. You put it in intelligent mode and you just fly. And then you, you let that back end processing whenever you get home. Do, you know, you, you got to do a little bit more work. Whenever you so, have to sit there at the computer and, and edit the shit out of them, but so in those photos, did, did you shoot those in JPEG? Nope, raw, raw. Yeah, but um, every scene was was dramatically different. Yeah, if you're when you guys get a chance to go on that trip, you'll see what I mean. I'm sure the oh, pictures look good, Chris. They're fantastic. I, they are. Fucking I'm sure fire. they look amazing. I'm going in March, and I'm gonna shoot all manual. There we go. With with what? I'm a, you're gonna let me borrow your camera. <laughs> like, your camera. <laughs> I'm taking your camera yeah. whenever we go to the Devil's River in March. You can ask Michelle for her D40. That thing is a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So say you've got a product out there and you really want to push this product to show how wonderful and great it is, but you're not too sure exactly how to get it out to the masses. Or let's say you've got a retail space and you want everyone in your area to start finding out about this retail space or you want to branch out and expand this retail space into uh, online shopping how do you do it well there's one way advertising and what we would like to do here at the paddlers playbook is start opening up some of our airtime to guys like you folks that are trying to build a business because let's face it today's day and age with the height of COVID and the things that are going on in this world you need a little bit of help we need a little bit of help they need a little bit of help everybody needs a little bit of help we're trying to build something and grow let's do it together so at this time for 2022 the Padlet's Playbook is going to open up some of our sponsorship time some of our air to 
people like you. If you're interested, you want to be a part of the show, go ahead and reach out to us. You can reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, send us a message. Be sure to get back to you. Drew's somewhat responsive. I'm kidding. That dude's on there like all day, every day. He'll get back to you within about five seconds. Myself, I'm sorry if I don't get to respond to you right away, but it'll come eventually. So once again, guys, hit us up if you're interested in some airtime, uh, if you're interested in, help, in us helping you get the word out for your, your up-and-coming business, um, new products that you've got out there, we're willing to help. We've got some airtime for you. Ben, you mentioned lenses earlier, and if you guys have not seen Ben's reels, I don't know how many he's going to save up. I was going to talk about the length of the it's not that kind of show, Chris. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. his reels. Listen here, Fox Photography. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to save some up, but when the Reds are schooling, Ben's reels are fire because he catches, like, the one that I saw, like, two days ago, it was a single shrimp jumping out of the water and the red coming behind it. Now... How many lenses are you taking out there? And is there kind of a utility lens that you like for this type of shooting? You know, shooting birds, shooting your friend, netting a fish. And I got to say, too, Ben, I need to go fishing with you because I do do not have a picture of me netting a redfish. And everybody you go fishing with always has like this awesome picture of them scooping up the redfish into the net. And nobody wants to take my picture. I'm, I'm, I'm more than that. happy to go with you, but I need Reggie to come out and shoot me. I need to be shot. Hey, <laughs> we could just do a train. We can do a train. Chris can shoot Reggie. Reggie That's can shoot show, Ben. Chris. Ben yeah, can yeah. shoot me, and then I'll be done. Drew. <laughs> I, you know what? In, in I don't know that, like, freaking 10 years I've known Ben. I've only, I've only fished with him once, and that was on accident. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ran into him at the tournament. That was a good spot, no, though. No, I just – I was supposed to fish with, with somebody else, and on the way to the ramp, he was like, hey, I invited somebody else to come fishing with us. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so, and it was Ben. That, yeah, All right, so was, back to the lenses. Back to the lenses. I don't want to get too far <laughs> You know, far, I think you jumped, too you far like off. jumped the gun a little bit, though, dude. I'm going to – I I was going to need to come back to a topic or a part, portion of this topic of buying a camera. Yeah. Because you jumped like, okay, you told them what to buy in $300 range and what you would get, you know, if you moved into the Hobie range. But what about the mistakes of buying a camera? Like, because you told them to go out there and buy this camera. Well, what if 300 bucks and, and they start looking at like these freaking point and shoots? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, even at that, you're, as long as the point shoot has manual features i think i think the whole point that reggie was trying to to convey to you guys is that get something cheap that allows you to adjust and learn to determine whether you like it or not and then you can upgrade right so but yeah yeah, you don't you don't necessarily want to point and shoot but i think you can still accomplish adjusting and learning go ahead reggie i'm sorry yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no point of buying an expensive $1,200 camera if you're not going to learn how to shoot a manual. I know at times, you know, you can't. There's too much going on. But 
there's no reason, uh, in my opinion, to buy a $1,200 body that doesn't even include the lens, you know, unless you're going to learn how to shoot a manual. And buying a, an expensive camera really is just for prints. And, you know, like the megapixels are a lot better. So if you were to print something out, the bigger it is, the more clear it would be. So even so, if you're not really planning on printing anything out, there's really no reason to even purchase something too expensive to begin that's, with. That's another unique topic, though, too, is prints. And we should probably talk about that later. And not a lot of people do like prints, but sometimes they'll send their print or their, I got this picture, it's amazing. And they send it out to be blown up the size of their damn couch. And then it comes back and, you know, every pixel is, is the size of their head. You got it. Yeah, right. you got to have yeah. you have resolution in the camera. I I uh I sent Christopher Burr uh, an image of some uh, spoonbills, and he actually printed it out huge, sixty megapixels, right? So he was able to get that full resolution in a canvas. But um, yeah, you definitely want to make sure you your camera can support that resolution. I think thirty-five yeah. millimeter film was aching to like ten megapixels, dude. Probably. I'm, the I'm last camera, the last camera I bought was for a photography class in college, and that was in 2005. And I thought I was a shit because I had like four megapixels on my camera for, for school. <laughs> that was the only thing I could afford for that. But Ben, t talk a little bit about lenses, what you use to capture, you know, like that single freaking shrimp jumping out of a redfish's mouth where you can see him staring at it. So I, I take two lenses with me, right? I take like a uh, 24 to 105 lens. That's the, the, the focal length, right? It's a, an adjustable focal length, right? From 24 millimeters to 105, right? So that's the lens I use for my everyday, okay, I'm, I'm shooting my buddy in the kayak catching a fish, right? It's not something super um, telephoto. It's just something that I can adjust mid-range, you know, and capture whatever action shots that is relatively close, right? But for that the redfish feeding or something that maybe is far away or something I want to really zoom in. I have a 200 millimeter to 600 millimeter, right? And that 600 millimeter is what is allowing me to zoom all the way in to that redfish up close to capture those details, right? But in addition to that, my camera that I have is a 50, I can't remember, a 50 something uh, megapixel camera. So I can also crop in without losing, uh, you know, sometimes I, cr I crop in a little too much and I lose some data, but the, the combination of having a 600 millimeter lens plus a 50 something millimeter, I'm sorry, 50 something uh, megapixel camera gives me the ability to really get some close up details, right? But then again, you gotta make sure you, get, you got everything exposed, right? You got a, a video, you know, you got two different things when you're talking about video versus photography, right? They're so similar, but so different um in so many different ways right so but yeah that, that's basically it my 24 to 105 and then my 200 to 600 it's a big lens right but i have it in that waterproof case so what about uh, you reggie what are you taking out there uh so since i'm a primary uh a portrait photographer uh i use the 24 to 70 is my primary lens that i use out on the water and if i do want to try to do long distance i ain't get a bend type of long distance but i have a 70 to 200 and that's basically good for to get me and another kayaker maybe within like 20 yards or 30 yards okay so that that you know 24 to 105 24 to 70 like that's a it's a good yeah. utility lens for taking 
pictures of your friend out there, you know, maybe if you can get close enough to, you know, some wildlife or something like that, but it's not. Those are really good all around lenses, right? Yeah. Like I think you get a lot of your best quality from prime lenses, meaning fixed lenses, yep. like a, just a straight 50 millimeter, a straight 85 millimeter. But you know, you, I think if you had to have one lens, a lot of photographers are going to pick that 24 to whatever 70 or 24 to 105, whatever the case may be, right? So that they can have the ability and the versatility to capture images from far and close, right? So Okay. Is there Not any other... <laughs> what? Go ahead, Chris. Intelligent <laughs> mode. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> Intelligent <laughs> mode with what? And 19 millimeter. <laughs> I'm getting everything. That's got that wide angle. Yeah, I'm all about the wide angle shots. You know, I, I love wide angles are awesome. I mean, you can do a lot with them, especially starting out. Um, you know, you get super close. You get, you know, people going out for the first time on the kayak want to get a lot of landscape shots. You know, and that's a good. Uh, I love one. I love landscape photography. In fact, um, most of most of everything that I take photos of is landscape or or nature. It's it's not zoomed in. I mean, I love the shots that Ben gets. You know, yeah, all zoomed yeah. in um on these you know birds in flight and shit like that but if i'm taking pictures of birds in flight they're going to be like a mile away it's going to look like because <laughs> <laughs> i i didn't I, I love being able to get close close to somebody and like you know all the detail is so good you know, although that lens that ben has that's you know the size of off the line it's like uh i'm sure <laughs> it's going to get every detail every pore in your face <laughs> Drew's probably going to bleep that part out. <laughs> Crit, Crit, we're, we're trying to get people to jump on board for 2022 for show sponsors. And I hope I, that they I had do to go not listen to this I episode first. I felt like I was first. being too tame earlier, man. Jeez, I hope they don't listen to this one. Ben and Reggie, earlier Ben said and Chris said he had a waterproof case on his. Ben mentioned a Pelican case. Reggie, how do you protect your camera went out on the water because i'm not a very intelligent man but i do know that salt water is probably not good for mirrorless 35 millimeter dslr whatever it is it is not good for any of that stuff the salt water the salt air how are you protecting your stuff on the kayak so, so when i first started i had a uh, dry bag and I started out with a dry bag, basically. And then I got it's a insert. There, this brand called Timba makes inserts that you can put in a backpack. And basically, it holds a, uh, a body and two lenses. And so I was putting that into my dry bag. Uh, however, I was out. Uh, I got wet and I lost my really good camera over here. So ever since then, so I've been just doing color paperweight or what? Yeah, no, he no, actually, he puts he I puts still, his lures inside there. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's, he that's puts what I remember. <laughs> that's your new gulp container. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta redo that reel and make, make it go viral now with this whole podcast going on. <laughs> there you go. We'll post but, it up. But yeah, but I've been using. So I bought this one. This is a Pelican fourteen fifty, and this one's good to carry. I know people won't be able to see this, but I carry one body. We can we can another, go ahead and describe lens. it. So it's gray. It's approximately 16 inches by 28 inches. That is tan. Looks tan friend. to me. Oh, that is tan. Dark earth. 
It's the gamma on my screen. Sorry. So it's the uh, Pelican fourteen fifty. And then I got another one. This is the big boy. So this one I I'm taking a bunch of stuff out. If I'm gonna do a shoot for you know products, you know like if I'm going out and doing something for Hobie eyewear, this is when I'll bring this. And I can carry you know three bodies, a couple lenses in here, uh, underwater housing. Uh, this is not necessary though. Starting out, you don't need this. But this case right here is probably a good one right here. The fourteen fifty. You have an underwater housing out. for your camera? Yeah, I just got it here recently. It's a brand called, uh, what do they call Roltex? I forgot what they are. Roll something. I've wanted one forever. That can be a very expensive investment. Yeah, this one's actually pretty cool. It's a uh, silicone case, and it looks scary at first, but it's basically a silicone case, like a condom that goes over the body and the lens. And then it has a glass front that ties in with basically like, I don't know, like a gasket or something. And you tighten it up on both ends and it, it works perfect. Hmm. Um, and it's only about, I think it was like 400 bucks, which is fairly cheap compared to the water housings. Uh, like the really hard plastic ones go up to like 1200 bucks or something like that. Oh, yeah. And the one I use you- is from uh, a company called Seafrog. Sea frog, yep. That's a good one. I was thinking about buying that one actually. I think it's about what, about a thousand bucks, right? Something Mine like was that. not that much. Um, I'm using it um, an Alpha sixty five hundred for most everything. So the the accessories and and most lenses and things for that body of camera is not very expensive. But you're limited with the Sea Frog. You're limited to the lens also. And what you guys didn't get to see was when Reggie <laughs> pulled out his case, Ben ran over to the corner <laughs> and grabbed his case, and it was the exact same. It was the exact same case. Ben, what what about Pelican is like makes it just kind of the shit for for waterproof cases and stuff? I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of good cases out there. I, I, Pelican probably every when everybody refers to it, it's like Nintendo back in the day. Hey, you want to go play Nintendo? And it could have been like yeah. you know, whatever, right? Super Nintendo. Like, yeah. You want you want a Coke? And right. somebody hands you a freaking yeah. Sprite. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So that that's kind of the same thing with Pelican. It became like kind of the industry standard, I think, when it comes to protecting, you know, camera equipment. But uh, there's a lot of other good cases out there. I think they probably do just as good a job, right? So. Yeah, I was going to bring up um, the name Apache. That's another one out there that's uh, similar to Pelican. Um, that one you can get at Harbor Freight. And it's pretty comparable as far as quality, but the price is like half. Significantly cheaper, yeah. yeah. I've seen those at, at Harbor Freight. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they work good, too. Yeah, yeah just, just on my end, just on my end, I got so much I got, I'm rolling around with maybe $3,000 worth of equipment sometimes. So, I mean, I'm going to, I know Pelican is, you know, good. So, yes. Apache is like, ah, well, it looks good, but I don't know. Looks good on your wallet, but for the <laughs> yeah. time being, anyway, it could, it right, could right, be right. detrimental. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I could be completely off on this. But is there any maintenance that you guys have to do to these cameras? Is there any just general maintenance? Other than just cleaning the lens every once in a while? I mean, what kind of maintenance is there? And, and I know... Wait, you got to clean the, the lens? One of the don'ts... Yeah. <laughs> one of the don'ts is don't drop your camera in the water. Um, that would be one of the don'ts. But are there any 
like special things that you need to do to, you know, other than the case, help protect the camera, help protect the longevity after a long day in the salt water, you know, we're rinsing off our reels and everything. What do you, are you doing something to the cameras after a day out there shooting or what's general maintenance like? Yeah, how long these? is the rinse time? <laughs> <laughs> For me personally, um, no, I mean, after a shoot, I don't think you do anything to your camera, right? It's not like a reel where you got to go wipe it down or grease, you know, put a oil on the bearing or something like that. It's a uh, um, long-term maintenance with mirrorless. Um, you got to clean the sensor. So between mirrorless and DSLR, when you take your lens off of your mirrorless camera, most cameras have that exposed sensor. DSLR is not the same, right? Um, so mirrorless cameras are really subjective to um, the environment, right? Like dust and debris, right? So you always want to make sure that whenever you're removing your, your lens from a mirrorless camera, that you have your camera upside down, right? So that stuff doesn't fall in when you're taking that lens off um and then just cleaning it there, there's you can take it to a photoshop or a, a camera shop that has the facility to clean your sensor right or you could be i plan i've cleaned my sensor myself several times right they make kits right but um that's i mean i don't know reggie maybe you know more than me you, you've been a photographer probably longer no i'm pretty damn lazy to be honest <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless i know one thing ben is right you know one thing i don't do is i don't change lenses out of the water if if i i normally bring two bodies if i want to shoot on two different lenses um i have changed lenses on the water but he is right you know you if something gets in that sensor especially salt i mean i don't know what it could do but salt's gonna tear shit up so i would definitely just like he said put it downwards or keep it away from the water um but when i get back home you know i'll give it a wipe down if you know i got my hands dirty or touch the fish touch the camera and then i'll wipe it down but a lot of times i'm not really doing anything you know just this year i actually started wiping down my reels <laughs> so i had to go out and uh i'm barely just learning how to it's wipe down my reels at this point yeah it really is so do you not have to baby the cameras as much as you would think whenever you're out there i mean because i would think like i would want to baby the hell out of that like thing. your, your butthole's like, like puckered up every time yeah you touch it on i the mean yeah. i'm pulling out i'm pulling out hand sanitizer after i put a new gulp on there before <laughs> i touch the camera and drying my hands and wiping it i mean do you need to go to that extent or just like make sure you don't get it wet I think a lot of times when you're overly cautious, that's when shit happens. That's that's the way I look at things. Like, try to be like, oh, like, yeah. So I try not to think about that way. I used to take a strap with me and put it on my neck, and then I found out when I take it out, it like it would get caught on something. And, and me being overly cautious almost made me drop it. So I don't normally do things like that. I don't know, Most man, these cameras, think? yeah, yeah, you're right, Reggie. I don't really think about it too much. Right, a lot of these cameras they have their own IP rating for water protection right or weatherproofing you're you're the you might get a little water on it right but that was like reggie said at the end of the day wipe it off going to bring up is that um okay so if you're if you're out there looking at bodies and you're looking at different camera maybe even kits and things like that um you may see like i'm going to use the lumix as an example if you guys are familiar with the lumix at all um the lumix lines of cameras are from panasonic and they like right now they're on the nine series like that's their latest camera is the, the um, g9 i think but if you if you look at like the other there's another number in the sequence nine five 
And like the last, the last model was like the eight. And then there's an eight, five. And then before that, there was a seven and a seven, five. That five was indicative of an outdoorsman camera. It was a camera that was specifically designed to be used in the elements. And does, I don't know if like, I know, I know Ben's a Sony fanboy, and so am I in so many ways, man. Like I'm, I'm drooling over uh, Sony TVs right now, just killing myself. But I don't know if Sony has, like you said, they have IPX ratings. But the older cameras didn't. They didn't have the weatherproofing. It wasn't like all the new generation of whatever model camera that, you know, whatever tier you want to buy has that uh, weatherproof rating. I, I can't remember the exact IP. Uh, ratings, so, but. but it's it's like rated for like if you get caught in a shower like it can exactly. get a little damp it's not gonna exactly. hurt it yeah i mean it's not like full-on waterproof you know what i mean you yeah. can't drop it like in water 30 meters for 30 minutes types of thing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's not like your gopro so what are some tips that you guys can give to people for kind of getting the best shots on the water like where should the sun be compared to who you're shooting? I mean, is there any, you know, certain angles that you want to try to hit? I mean, just some general, and this is going to be subjective too, between you two guys. What what are some things that you always want to consider before you start snapping shots of the person in front of you or the wildlife or, or anything like that? I mean, for me personally, I – so it, it really it's subjective it really is but it also different um you know different scenarios are different you know you'd want to do something a little bit differently right like if you're outside doing outdoor um portrait, portrait shoot and reggie the portrait photographer here so you could probably speak to that you don't want the sun shining right in the person's eyes right because it's going to throw off the probably the exposure and they're going to be squinting right but like for fishing me personally I want the sun shining in their eyes, you know what I mean? Because they're going to be wearing shades and, you know, the light. I, I can expose the image properly so that it, they're not blown out. And then I can have the camera, you know, retain all the details in the raw image, right? Same thing for board, bird photography. Now, it's not always the case. I'm not always going to get that bird with that proper exposure with the lights shining right on that bird so that I can see all the details of that bird. But that's what I'm looking at, right? I always want the sun shining on the um the subject outdoors for me whenever I'm in the marsh, right? Doesn't always, that's not always the, the best scenario, right? Um, but that, that's kind of me personally. But. Yeah, Ben hit the nail on the hammer. I mean, the, the only thing about kayak fishing, it, it's hard to get, you know, people in position, you know, yep. angles. It's just difficult. I mean, it really is. So, um, but that's where I'll go back to learning your camera because sometimes learning to expose properly with the sun uh, behind you is a way you can actually get a good photo. Um, so that's why it's important to try to understand the camera um, because kayak fishing, is, it's hard to get a good photo a lot of times unless, you know, you have the time to set somebody up and get them with that nice light or you're in the right position to begin with. But uh, Ben hit the nail on the hammer with, with the way you want to get things set up. It's, it's the, na the nail on the head. Nail on the head. There we go. Bam. Or, 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 or. Hammer on the nail. I, yeah, or, I said that, yeah. <laughs> You could It's all right. He does it he does it to me every episode. It's, it's always something that he's gotta correct. Every single fucking one. Doesn't matter. Or you can just learn how to add a sun in Lightroom. Uh, that's too much. Yeah, that's a lot of work. <laughs> but you're right, you're right. You honestly could do all that. Well you're, you're talking about 
Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Reggie, I could, he, he emphasized this already a couple of times, and I'll just say that too. Like he, He's absolutely right. You've got to, if you're, if you want to pursue photography, videography, whatever you want to pursue, right, you need to learn how to use the camera camera manual mode, right? That's what you really need to do because you're going to understand how increasing the shutter speed to 2000 is going to be that perfect shutter speed so that you capture that bird flying across and freeze them in action, right? So that you can see all the details, right, without it being blurry, right? Um, or lowering the f-stop to f1.2 so that you completely blow everything out in the background and what i mean by blowing it out in the background blurring the shot completely but your subject is in focus right yeah so um i mean learning the camera in manual mode is is key right you're gonna you're gonna get those good shots in intelligent mode chris but uh, <laughs> you're relying on the uh on that uh computer to expose the image properly and that computer won't always do that 100% and you guys are calling it intelligent mode they just didn't want to call it dummy mode for the (laughs) dummies because they couldn't they can't put that at best buy this this camera has dummy mode it it would not it would not sell as well now there's like a superior auto and i'm talking about the sony but it's like superior auto and intelligent something like that is are there two each each manufacturer has their own yeah. term yeah. for yeah. what their camera does though it should be like dummy mode kind of know your <laughs> shit really know your shit like those are the three modes that you could choose from not manual and, and intelligent well, and all if, that other if stuff i could for a moment just say that i don't always use a camera in auto full auto you can't take astrophotography in full auto yeah, you can. I love that stuff. I, I want to learn how to do like the layers, Photoshop, and, astro- yeah. and astrophotography. That is some cool, cool shit. Stacking. Yep. Yes, sir. On to on to my next question. As he's talking about astrophotography, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Reggie, I just saw your bending branches. You were out there with our 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 friend, the Marsh Ninja Besnick. And the shot that I saw was, you know, it was like middle of the paddle stroke. You could see the water dripping off the paddle into the water. You know, that's the image that I saw on social media and on Facebook. How many other images did you have to go through? Like, how many how many pictures are you taking just to get that one shot of Besnick looking majestic. And I don't know how the hell you got Besnick to look majestic out there in the marsh, but you know, how many shots are you taking just to get that one shot? Uh, it could take a couple, you know, like and it goes back to like kayak fishing, being on a kayak, shooting somebody else on a kayak. It's difficult, you know? So, um, especially when I was out with, with Nick, you know, he's trying to catch fish while we're out there. So I'm not trying to spook fish. You know, so uh, it took a couple of shots to get that that one. And, and when he hit the sun perfectly and I was in the right spot, you know, just magic kind of happens. And you get all I that. mean, but are, are you weeding through like 20 
20 photos that you're just snapping pop 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 no, pow, no. or how are you doing it so I, I try not to do that and i so i'm also a wedding photographer and i've learned from wedding photography you know you don't want to do that because you, you got to go back and cull through all those you know get rid of all the bad ones so don't get me wrong i do take a lot of shots but i'm not trying to there's a there's a term where it's like uh shoot and spray or pray and pray and spray basically you know you just hold down the spray yeah, you're hoping you're getting a good photo, and I don't try to do that, you know. I maybe shoot 10 images if he's moving, because when somebody's moving, it is hard to get that, that right shot, you know. So maybe out of those 10, I'll get two or three good shots from there. What about you, Ben? Are you, are you praying I'm, spray, or what are you doing? I'm not – so a little bit of both, right? So I'm not, like, praying spray just, like, without any any control over what I'm doing, right? I, I, I make sure that – Let's just say I'm, I'm out there with you, Drew, and you're catching this fish, and this fish is peeling drag, flopping around, right? I know that me, I got to set my shutter speed to, shutter speed to something faster and you gotta so that I can brrr. capture, yeah, so I can freeze that image, right? And then I got to make sure that my ISO and my uh, aperture are set appropriately so that the image is exposed properly, right? So I, I get that set up first based upon um, the ambient lighting that's presented at that moment right so i'm getting everything set up once i got that set up then i start shooting and i do i do kind of I, like the camera that i have is ridiculous like 20 something frames a second i can't it's it's ridiculous it, it it's i almost mean it's like as, movie quality yeah i mean it, it well it, it captures a lot of shots in a second right so i'll shoot a shit ton of shots just you know and i'll i'll look through the images because the camera does have pretty good features to where it tracks um, the subject or whatever I'm trying to capture. And I can push a point on the screen and it'll track it. And then I'm just continually holding the shutter button down so that it captures all those shots. And Reggie's right. It is a pain in the butt because you got to go back and post, look at it in Lightroom or whatever application you're looking at and weed through and click on the ones that are good exposure and the ones are not but then again though i'm able to capture a lot of really cool, cool shots because i sprayed all those yeah. images right so uh you don't do that for wedding photography reggie's absolutely right you, you want to make sure you caption it right you know and you're not just kind of just going just wild and just shooting right but um i think there's just kind of a balance of that as, right, a, so. as a wedding photographer you have any idea what the semblance of is of the cake cutting? What, what? Why do people do that? What is the, what is the semblance of cutting the cake? I don't think anybody knows. They're good they're, question. they're breaking bread yeah. as a, as a new family. I mean, you're yeah, you're yeah, sharing. Yeah. Hey, going. Uh, going back to the the uh, spray and pray. So. My wife loves to do it. She loves that was so random, Chris. Sorry, but that was just random as shit. Like, do you know the semblance of the cake cutting at a wedding? Look, look, look. look. We're talking about look. aperture and ISO. As a like, DJ, as a wedding DJ. you're talking about since, cake. Since the 90s, man, I know, what, I know what Reggie goes through. I know what he has to deal with. So I just had to bring it up. That's Chris a question must I've be had hungry. <laughs> you know. Um, some cake, Chris. So I have, I have told my wife many times take the camera out of burst mode okay and she's like why you know i might not get the shot i want i'm like yeah but you've got it now you've got 1500 photos and we've only been shooting for one day you gotta go through all 1500 of those photos but that's honestly not the main reason that's what i use as an excuse 
because I don't care if she has to go through 1,500 photos. <laughs> but the main reason is the longevity and the life of the camera and the, the life of that sensor. Yes. They do have a shot count. The <clears throat> yeah, there, there's a shutter count. You're exactly right, Chris. That's a good point. Yeah, there's a shutter count built into that camera. And everybody like that knows anything about cameras, you know, if they're buying a used camera, they're like, hey, what's your shutter count? So that's a good thing about mirrorless cameras, right? That's a mechanical component that moves, that shutter. But mirrorless cameras have the feature to where you can go into silent mode and the shutter doesn't actually move, right? So it, it kind of helps extend the lifespan of that camera. But no, it's a good point. For cameras that don't have that option, you do kind of watch, watch that shutter count. You guys kept bringing up Lightroom. Um, is that what you're using for your editing software? And are there any others that you could recommend that are free or um, Spend the you, guys are both, you guys are both Matt guys. Chris, uh, do you have anything on PC? I use Lightroom too. Lightroom? It's 10 bucks a month, man. If You know what? That's, that's, a net, that's half of a Netflix subscription. That's true. What about Reggie? You just Lightroom and... Go with Lightroom and figure it out, or don't do it at all, or what? Yeah, Lightroom is so easy to use, and like, like Chris said, it, it's cheap. You know, it doesn't cost very much. It used to it, not be. It used to be expensive, or it used to be. I think when, you used to be able to buy the whole package, right? Though when Adobe, so. when Adobe Photoshop and Lightroom and the entire suite was was the only thing that photographers could use, and there was no market to compete in. Mm-hmm. that suite was around a grand wow. to buy that suite and you bought that suite and it may be obsolete in a year oh i didn't two. even know lightroom was adobe so that just shows how yeah, ignorant yeah. i am i thought and, it was something on a mac my bad and then <laughs> the smartest thing they ever could do was was add the subscriptions because yeah. now everybody drops you know a dime on you know photoshop or lightroom and they and you get all the on, updates they get all yeah. the updates yeah you never have to have to worry about buying another package and so but you can't get the bootleg disc you can't get the bootleg <laughs> disc no more from your boy that's the last time i had photoshop was a bootleg <laughs> disc I think my yeah. uh my premiere pro is still like 5.5 c <laughs> haven't upgraded that bootleg version of that <laughs> but uh I'm not like Ben though. We're, I know we're going to talk video and Ben probably there's no way he could go and edit on, um, on, you know, 5.5 C, you know, there are so many things that he needs in, in his uh, production. The value of what he's putting out there is, is not going to be covered in, in an old bootleg version. He needs the, the latest and greatest and all the new upgrades. But like I, I was saying, everybody's going in and dropping a dime and you can use Lightroom on your PC, on your Mac, on your cell phone. You don't know how many pictures I've edited on my cell phone. And like the cell phone has just as great features as the desktop, yeah. almost. It, just about. Dude, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And with, with this right here, with the stylus, <laughs> you can get in so detailed in those. Mm-hmm. In those uh, oh, which brings up a question. Do you guys use tablets at all? Because they have some Lightroom tablets and some uh, Photoshop tablets out there that are pretty damn cool i i don't use tab I, I use lightroom but i don't use i don't use mobile devices to be honest unless it's just like something i'm trying to do really quickly right well there i 
Now, when I say so, tablets, I don't mean like a Samsung Galaxy tablet. I'm talking about something that interfaces with your Mac or your PC so that you can oh, I actively, you. actively draw uh, um, your edit. No, I, uh, I, and I, just going back to Lightroom, I love Lightroom. My, the, the alternative to Lightroom is Capture One. That's a really big photographer um, editing platform, right? I don't There's have the answer to your second question, Drew. Are there any others? Yeah. Yeah. What Capture One is Capture, Capture One. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's big, and I hear people talk about it all the time. I personally love Lightroom, and they just came out with the latest release. Um, I think it was a few months ago. Game change, absolute game changer. It's it's it. changed my love photography. <laughs> the ability to mask things and how you can mask things, and, and if you don't know what I mean by masking, is basically highlight specific areas of your picture, right? So like. I'm looking at Drew right now, right? I see his head and I see the white in the background, right? I can click subject mask, right? And it's going to highlight only Drew and it's going to deselect the rest of his background, right? Which so I can adjust. You would have to Before you would you'd have draw. to draw it in. Yeah. yeah. Like you're saying, which which would come in handy for a tablet or some sort and of And it's like, not perfect if you if you like zoom oh, in dude. it's pretty now perfect. it is. Now it is. It's almost yeah. perfect now. Yeah, I'll have to it. show you some images yeah. where it struggles. But oh, they're it does. very it does. detailed. But if you if you look at the latest version, I mean you got subject yeah. detection, you got sky detection, you got Color, you can you can do it based off color, luminance. I mean, it, the the list is really almost endless hey, in what you can look, do the latest. I'm look, geeking out, man. Bro staff, <laughs> I was about to say, bro staff, you got you got three guys here that are about to start geeking out on Lightroom because I know I know all three of us really enjoy that post production. A lot of people probably cringe at post production. Um, it used to be whenever you it's shot in fun. film, um, post was 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 a nightmare, dude. If you can imagine. When you're in post-production with film, your, your, uh, your film itself is not the problem, but it's when you're printing onto paper that becomes the issue because you're now adjusting your contrast, you're dodging, you're burning, and you're, uh, you're uh, bringing cyan, which is going to uh, you know, affect you know, other colors of, of the film. Um, it, it's... It's ridiculous whenever you're trying to print in the old world versus today. Today, the Lightroom and Photoshop just make it so much easier because it, you were saying luminance, man. You know, I with a nice blue sky, I love to go in there and just freaking crank the luminance on the sky and make it just explode. Um, you couldn't do that on, on – well, you could on a print in uh, old school film, but it was hard, hard, hard. Oh yeah, it was I mean, hard on Photoshop and stuff. I mean, I I've tried to do all this stuff. I don't. I I still don't know how to use the lasso tool. I don't know what the fuck it was outlining. Whenever you <laughs> click on something, I still don't know. I still don't know how to do that. So Lightroom sounds like something I may need to try because it sounds like it's a lot easier oh, yeah. than the last time Dude. I tried to use anything. It's For very sure. intuitive. I don't know Photoshop. I mean, I've had class on Photoshop, and it's still kind of uh, it frustrates me. Um, I'm not a Photoshop pro by any means, but Lightroom, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is a learning curve, but it's a lot easier, I think, and it's really intuitive, I think, man. So anybody get into it. Have you had any issues with, or have you noticed that um, editing on your phone changes the quality of the photo at all? 
compression. Uh, I, I don't. Maybe Reggie might have a better answer for that. I don't really edit a lot on the phone unless it's just messing around here and there, and I want to do a quick edit of something that I have. But and it's usually not a raw image, right? It's usually a JPEG that I'm just kind of messing around with. But um, so if you've ever if you've ever run into that problem, even Reggie, you and you might know the answer to this. Um, a lot of times, and some other people have figured it out. Is the problem is whenever you bring the image in without a PC or without a computer. Whenever you that's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I would think it would be to bring it in. Yeah, I, I don't know if you use a cloud, but you know I'll yeah. upload my photos to my my desktop, and then if I do edit my photos on my phone, it's because I'm editing them off the cloud and not something I uploaded directly to my phone or well, or you whatnot. can so, you can upload your photos to the cloud with your camera but it's not going to upload them in raw it's going to compress them first and you're I, talking I about that uploading out the oh really yeah because i wanted to edit some pictures on my phone and i was like oh, i'll just use my camera and i'll upload them to the cloud real quick you're talking about then, the adobe cloud or the apple cloud or whatever phone the adobe using. adobe cloud yeah okay i got you and I'm like, oh, I'll just you know edit them while I'm cruising down the road. I'm not driving, by the way. Somebody else is driving. And uh, next thing you know, I'm like, damn, these look like shit. <laughs> and then I figured yeah, it out. It's because they they no longer are raw. They compress them, bring them over as a JPEG. Uh, anyway, I know, like when I'm uploading into the to the MacBook, I mean, it it keeps the raw images in your on your mm -hmm. computer, right? And, um, and then if you upload it to the cloud, I don't, I don't really, to be honest, I don't use the cloud. I know it's probably a lot easy for a lot of people, but I Does just MacBook have a, um, a natural raw viewer. Like when uh, you open no, up a photo. No, you need to have an application to have an application. Yeah. Like the Adobe has suite has a, uh, raw viewer. That's another thing that somebody's going to get real frustrated with. If they go and buy a camera, they start shooting in raw and then they try to open up their photos and they're, they can't. A lot of cameras nowadays have the ability to shoot raw and JPEG, so um, they do. But we that, want that them to shoot raw, option. right? We want we want them to shoot in raw. We want them to get all the benefits of um, of what they're buying, and that I think that's what Reggie said at the very beginning was. Yeah, and it's subjective, to be honest. I mean that. I I, I mean, yeah, that's the way I view it. Um, you can't still get a quality photo out of JPEG. Don't get me wrong, but uh, for what I like to do. Uh, Raw is what helps me when I when I edit photos. When I produce a photo, my whole thing is like I want somebody to look at that photo and know that's me without me telling them it's me. You know, I've had people say they saw a photo, and they're like, "I knew it was yours based on the way you, it was edited." You know, oh, so, I tried to I tried to emulate one of yours already. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you know, I do. I just do the same with other people. I mean, I, I look at other people and I, you know, gather parts of their editing and somebody I see somewhere else and I try to mesh it into what I have. And, you know, like the reason I why to I see edited... if Reggie commented on it. <laughs> Good photo. There's, bro. there's a photographer. Speaking of other people, Reggie, there's a photographer on, on Instagram. She's only been like uh, photography in the um outdoor industry for probably a year or two, I think, or something like that. But man, her pictures are amazing. Everybody yeah. has their own personal style, right? Like right, right, you right. got to develop your editing style, right? But oh my God, her I think her name's Mac Elliot or something like that. I can't remember. Her yeah, photos I know, I know are fire, man. They are fire. 
she uh she captures some good shots yeah i think she's down in south texas somewhere i know uh i know she works for chuchador quite a bit and i you know and i know she does some photos for them yeah. and i think she's somewhere down in the valley i'm not i'm not too sure where both of y'all have been talking about editing um your photos and reggie you talked about you spend a lot of time on the back end developing your style how long just i mean guesstimate on average how long are you spending on each photo just editing that one photo we're talking five minutes ten minutes you spending 20 minutes on a photo like just just on average i know some are going to take longer than others and things like that but if you, if you had to average out the amount of time you're sitting there you know adding highlights here taking away this there how, how long would you guess uh for out on the water stuff i don't do it very long i'm probably maybe like five minutes of photo um you know for other stuff i do outside of this you know i, I do get a photoshop but anything on the water i normally don't photoshop i photoshop i do i have a tablet you know I was talking about earlier i don't mess with that for on the water stuff but everything outside i do but so i'm looking about five minutes not very long and then after i develop my style i make what it's called a preset but some people would call it a filter so I have a style and I'll put, I'll lay that across my photos. And, you know, if I see something that doesn't look right, I'll adjust it here and there across a group of photos, but I'm not spending too much time at this point. Now I used to, but not anymore. What about you, Ben? Are you spending a lot of, a lot of time or is it the same way? Do you have your presets that you like and you throw it on there and run with that? No, I don't use presets, but, um, I don't, I'm kind of like Reggie. I think maybe five, ten minutes probably on each photo, right? You can really just – it's almost endless, right? Like you're looking at every little detail and, you know, you could really like spend all day just trying to edit a photo to, to what you like. And then you got to be careful because a lot of people over-edit their photos, right? And then it just looks fake. That's that's one of the things I hate is over-edited photos. You know, you, you know, everybody has their style, right? And that's good, right? You want to make sure that you stand out from everybody else, right? And you know that HDR, that's, that's good make quality. you pick too hard. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent, that was for you, Vincent. Just just FYI. <laughs> we were just talking about giving you too much shit before the show started. But, Vincent, that, that was for you with your HDR comment about your profile. Actually, <laughs> I've, hated, I've hated HDR since it first came out. I thought it – I've always thought it looked um, – Muddy. It's just so much. It's just like it's, it drastically look, changes stuff so much. Not photography. Everything just starts to, you know, yeah. It just gets muddied up and just turns into a big ball of mush. And I totally killed what Ben was saying. I'm sorry, man. No, you're good. I think that oh, was that was exactly the way, what I was saying. Over editing. By the way, here's the picture that I tried to emulate. Hey, nice. By the way, that's yeah. with. That's it's with good. a 19 millimeter lens, so nice. I, I was very, nice very freaking close. Hold on. And yeah, and for, for you guys that are listening to this podcast that he just showed the picture <laughs> of, that that's the cover for the uh, Devil's River um, episode that we oh, did. Oh, is it? Yeah, so okay, that's the cover Okay, and here's the shot. comment. Here's the comment. And Reggie said, beautiful. Damn, there you go. <laughs> See? So, so uh, it, he was obviously flattered that I tried to emulate or copy his <laughs> uh, his imagery. It's a it's a it's a nice picture. It was it was nice enough that we used it for our our cover. Um, you guys have like kind of geeked out on me today. Um, 
talking about ISO, aperture, raw conversions. I, I don't even know what some of that stuff was. Like, I was, I was pretty lost. But I do now, I have a starting point. So if I wanted to start taking some photos, you know, I, I have a starting point. I know where I need to go look. I know I'm going to go with mirrorless. Um, I know I want a lens that's, you know, in between like a 20 and a hundred or you somewhere around there. Recommend the kit lens. I mean, if you're starting off, yeah. I mean, it's probably not the greatest lens, but if you're trying yeah. to learn yeah. it, right. And you're usually that's something it. around like 20 to 55. So yeah, right yeah. in that right in that range that we were talking about, you know. Yeah, you're not gonna know there. the difference. You won't know starting out. I get people ask me all the time, and just like, just get a lens that you know, start with what you have and go from there, and then you'll figure it out. It's a good utilitarian lens that I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get me a Pelican case. Um, I'm gonna get Lightroom. I'm gonna keep the sun at my back. I'm gonna take pictures. I'm gonna try not to. You mean the sun in your no, face? No. Hey, face. Oh, I want the sun yeah. in my face. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, no, I want you want the sun on who you're shooting's face, right? Right, Shining right. Down oh, on them. I got you. Yeah, I, got you. I want the sun in my back because I'm taking the pictures the now. In my back. Yeah, yeah. Get that I'm, I'm, your back. I'm Ben now. I'm Ben taking taking the photos out there. So I want the sun in my back. Let's see. I want to download Lightroom. Um, what am I missing? Oh, I, I I need to learn what the camera can do manually before I go into dummy or intelligent mode. And am I, where, am I missing anything from the episode? Cause I think I got it now. Buddy. Yeah. Those acronyms. Yeah. You need a book of acronyms so that you can study. Yeah. Just learn the camera. Basically is all what it really is. Just learn it. And there's like exposure compensation that, you know, that's oh, in yeah. automatic mode you can use. So oh, just learn. Look, look at his eyes. Is that a bigger eyes. lens? He's like, is don't exposure compensation a bigger lens? <laughs> Do I have to have this big, huge lens? Is that what that is? I'm gonna put both of y'all on the spot real quick. Reggie, you you said that you were, you know, YouTube taught you a whole lot. Um, ben, I know you've watched some YouTube stuff, and this is just for photography because we all I know I know you went to film school. Chris thank called you, it you, some film <laughs> classes because I watched no, your final class, project. Not even classes. He do it. I watched, I watched your final stuff. <laughs> but you know, just kind to to end this, um, are there any YouTube channels, any books, any photographers that you guys really? Ben's holding up his diploma over here. Um, is there any any avenues that we should really check out if we're just getting into it? I know you've sent me a few before, Reggie, when I when I've asked you. But is there any that just pop off? You know, right off the top of your head, check out these people's stuff, check out their stuff, and just, you know, that's quality good stuff. Uh, for YouTube, just research Exposure Triangle. That's the first Nailed thing it. you really need to learn. And, and then, Hit the and nail on the hammer. In <laughs> 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 composition, too. Learn composition. And then go on Instagram and look at photographers. I mean, there's so many photographers out there and not just fishing photographers. That, that's another thing. All types of photographers, uh, it's especially uh, street photography. You know, street photography is just like being on the water. So um, all those different genres will help street, you bro, make. It's not like being on the water. It's well, raw. It's fast, it's fast action, moving, you know, getting that camera ready. Taking that street shot, photography, you know, yeah, yeah. When you see it, you know, 
so all these genres help out um uh favorite photographers i don't know if you've heard of Ghostwater uh c sc i think he's out in north carolina or south carolina but he's a guide and does some photography he, he has some really nice uh on the water stuff um jessica Haydal, i think is her name just jessica photo she does a lot of stuff for Columbia, all the big brands. She's doing uh, product shots, basically, but it's on the water product shots. Um, those are like two that I could think of off the top of my head. I Jeremy mean, I have Chavez. a bunch. Say again? Jeremy Chavez. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, I oh, don't yeah. know if I've heard. I don't think I have. Yeah. But I, I'm he's a good photographer. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he's a good photographer. He, um, An old marsh guy has been fishing this just the whole Gulf of Mexico now, but yeah, now he, he guides everywhere from the Everglades all the way to Brownsville. Jesus, Ben, what about you, man? Is there anybody that you would say definitely check out? Or you know, he mentioned the Exposure Triangle. Is there anything? Exposure Triangle? Yeah. I would say that. So you're talking about like what you were going to buy earlier, Drew? Your camera, Lightroom. You're going to do this, this, and this Pelican case, right? If anybody can take anything home, would be to learn the Exposure Triangle, right? learn how each one of the aperture f-stop and iso impact one another and how you're trying to and whatever type of picture you're trying to take learn how to adjust those appropriately right so that that's one thing in terms of like people that i follow or that i look at on youtube he, he talked about a bunch of good ones for photography one of the guys that is absolutely amazing on youtube that i i, I watch his videos and um he does a really great job at videos I mean, he, he, he's, he works for all the major companies, right? You know, Coca-Cola, et cetera, et cetera, right? Apple, everybody, you know, list goes on, right? He does a bunch of like commercials and stuff like that. Daniel Schiffer, look at his videos. I mean, this dude, he thinks outside of the box and his videos are always like the revolutionary every time he comes up with something new, right? So I look at a lot of his stuff and try to, I mean, that's the, the thing, right? You always try to emulate, you know, who you really, really like, right? So it's, um, you know, and you get better and you kind of learn your own style, but, um, yeah, that's my advice. You hear that, Chris? Exposure triangle. Take Did it, it off of dummy mode. Take it's it off of mode. dummy mode. Learn the exposure <laughs> triangle. And then you may get close see, I, to I'm some not, Reggie Chopper shots. Maybe. And I'm, whenever Fire. we go back and, and do our, our uh, intro to this episode, I'm going to go ahead and emphasize right now, and I'm going to emphasize again in the intro, <laughs> I am not known for my photography. But if you go to my Facebook you take good page, shots, Chris. I actually yeah. have some street photography. It's fun. It's a lot yeah. of fun, man. I love getting out there. Now, I feel like a little creepy sometimes. You're always a little creepy, but go ahead. <laughs> keep going. Because, I mean, you're taking pictures of random fucking people a lot of times. You're supposed oh, to yeah. ask them if you uh, can take their picture. Not sure you're talking about. If you bring a subject out with you, that's a different story. But a lot of times you're just like wandering around. I was in Fredericksburg, and I just spent the whole day just – taking pictures of yeah i mean literally from sun up to sundown and even beyond sundown and uh i, I did feel a little creepy a couple times i was like damn i hope they don't come up to me and say some shit <laughs> so i'm like i'll grab felt, my camera <laughs> if you felt creepy it was probably 10 times creepier to the person that right. you were right. shooting <laughs> as you were i can't shooting. imagine man 
I mean, this good-looking guy, you know, aching to, you know, a movie star, just taking your photo. <laughs> now, now it's getting creepy again. It's getting creepy. Well, it's, it's about time to get out of here, but before we get out of here, I want to give Ben and Reggie a chance to just kind of talk about what they got going on. Reggie, we'll start with you. We mentioned a few companies that, that you've been working with, but I also want you to talk about, you know, Reggie Chopper Photography and what you do and, and you know, what you offer with the photography company because uh, you're actually going to take some family uh, portraits for, for me and my family coming up pretty soon. So just tell us who you're working with and just tell us a little bit about uh, Reggie Chopper <laughs> Photography. Yeah, so currently I'm just, I'm doing uh, headshots, uh, portrait photography and wedding photography. Uh, but what I really want to do ultimately is work with companies outdoors, you know, on the water, uh, somewhere in the woods, you know, doing product photography for, for companies. And that's where, you know, I like taking pictures of people enjoying the outdoors, you know, something, something that I love, I like to see in other people as well. And, you know, also, you know, products that help myself out and others enjoy the outdoors is really what I enjoy. So, so many that, companies out there. Is, is that whiskey helping everybody in the outdoors? Oh, look. look I mean, I'm already, having, I'm already having a good time as it is. <laughs> but, yeah, I enjoy whiskey. So if uh, you guys enjoy it, we all take some photos. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I, I just love taking photos in general. You know, I'm more, I take more pictures of people outdoors enjoying their time. And that's what I like taking pictures of. And, um, so, uh, you know, I've been, we all work with Austin Canoe and Kayak. You know, I, I do some shots for them. When I go out, I try to make content for, for them. And um, also, uh, I've been working with Bending Branches off and on, Hobie Eyewear. Um, you know, so I'm just trying to reach out. You know, uh, other companies, if anybody's out there, need some photos, hit me up. <laughs> but, yeah, you can find me on Instagram or my website, uh, com is where you'll find my outdoor lifestyle uh, product photography. And if, you want, if you're interested in um, like family portraits, headshots, or whatnot, you can find me at www.rjcphotos.com. So there's a, there's a few different avenues that you can get a hold of Reggie and, and – his his shots have been pretty pretty awesome and that's why i made the point at the beginning of this to say like you haven't been in the outdoors industry that long and you're already you know taking stuff for hobie taking stuff for ack taking photos for bending branches and i, I just i think that's pretty awesome man so congratulations hey, by, on that by the way man what what where does the last name chapa come from man because i mean I, every time i hear it i'm like i'm like you do the chapa, you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> dude, I, I don't know. You know, I've never really looked at my family tree, but I was told a while back that it, it's like Dutch, but, and, and then I looked somewhere and I looked at my family crest and it was like three black guys heads on a flag. And I, okay, I don't this know. Is man, to, this is honest. turning into a racist <laughs> thing. I don't need to <laughs> Wow. Maybe, just some dark, uh, maybe some dark Mexicans like myself. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, okay, that was going to be my next question. Are you Mexican? <laughs> I am Mexican. You know, it's funny that I usually get those questions. You ever seen uh, Super Troopers? Oh, God. Yeah. 
I, I'm usually that guy that nobody knows what the hell he is. Like if he's uh, uh, Indian, Mexican. <laughs> so, so ancestry.com says that Chapa is a Spanish and Portuguese name, meaning metal sheet tin, and is a occupational name for a metal worker. So, so you metal sheet. Yeah. What up? That's metal just sheet? what that's what ancestry.com says. Hey, I believe him. He knows that metal just, camera. There, there you go. There you go. Awesome. Ben, what about you, man? Who are you working with nowadays? I know yeah, you work with a few different companies. It just, uh, I, I haven't really pursued many opportunities, to be honest. I had a few people approach me, but on the photography side of things, man, I'm just, um, I'm just working with Hobie, you know, just on the, the fishing team and ACK and provide them with promotional content. Uh, Hobie, you know, I'll send them social media content when it comes to like videos and stuff like that. But in terms of paid gigs, I'm kind of, I'm not really, uh, pursuing that route to be honest with you guys. I I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to be, um, was film class your, it was just a hobby thing. So, um, I'm a military veteran, right? So I have the GI bill. I had three years to use my GI Bill, or I was going to lose it. So there was a program that I saw online for film. I'm like, I like film. I want to get a bachelor's degree in something, right? So I decided to take that, go that route, right? Because, I mean, it worked, you know, a lot of times I just wanted to see if you checked that box. I thought you wanted to be like the next Spielberg or something, so... It would have to supplement my current income, man, and it's, it's just tough right now. You're, you're going to tell me that being Spielberg w- it would not equate to your I'm not going to be Spielberg. That's, that's, that's <laughs> the one. I would never get to that. I'm that. Like, you're gonna be able ben to, does be not want to be a struggling director oh, at, his, at, starving, at 40. He does not want to be a starving exactly. artist. Exactly. He's too, a lot he's of too comfortable. Struggle. Yeah, film is is one of the hardest industries to break through, right? I mean, you have to really set yourself apart from the rest. But um, no, man, I just, I enjoy doing what I do for, as a hobby. I enjoy doing it for Hobie and Austin Canoe and Kayak and um, YouTube. I love, I love, I started my YouTube channel in 2008 before we had all these YouTube noobs that are pros nowadays, right? And I, uh, yeah, keep that in there. <laughs> oh, it's staying. It's staying. Keep that in there. Keep we're that we're in there. we're we're starting to cause some shit I, uh, with some YouTubers. So I, I really don't care. I really don't care. Keep that in there. I I enjoy making YouTube videos for the fun of it, teaching people and providing entertainment value. I don't like um the aspect of the way these guys are doing it nowadays with regards to selling spots and and all that. And we can go down a rabbit hole. And I know. I know uh, it's a it's a touchy subject for a lot. Um, I don't like it. I I, it I like touchy. producing Looking. content. <laughs> yeah, I like producing content and um, educating people. And I hope I can do that with my YouTube. And that's that's my goal for YouTube, right? If it turns to revenue, a source of revenue for me down the line, awesome. I'm not going to turn that down. But it's not going to be me begging for money or selling spots. So, but anyway. Well, and, and, it, and, it, and it, it's it's not going to be you going, hey guys, Ben Maldonado here. We're about to go catch monster redfish with five pound test on a thousand series reel. Stick around. And then you yeah. go and you, you, you catch rat reds all day 
and you no. yell about how awesome it is, and you're like, the drag is peeling. Look at this, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Whenever yours, it's like, hey, guys, been here. I'm fishing with Abel. It's a low tide. We're about to go hit the shell. And then it's yeah. like yeah. picturesque shell and a bird flying and everything else. So it's, it's Pro tip. You downsize your lure, you're going to downsize your fish. <laughs> Word. Catch a bunch of dings. Word. 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 Okay, so before we get too far into Shots the weeds. Yeah, before we get too far <laughs> into the weeds, let's go ahead and end this episode. We can talk about this off air. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll end up um, big, big, talking big fish. More, more and more about this lens compensation and everything else that we've talked about <laughs> on the show and bait compensation <laughs> and everything else. But we just want to... Thank you guys, uh, Reggie and Ben, for for coming on the show. We also want to thank the bro staff. Like Chris said, this will be the last episode of 2021. Looking forward to 2022, man. We definitely are. um, The way we've been doing the show, though, Chris, we've been doing seasons, and we've been starting them in February for when we we finish uh, each season. So I'm looking forward to season three. You know, we're 50. I think this is episode 52. So we've been we've been doing we've been doing a lot of episodes. So, bro, staff, you know, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for the downloads. Exactly, we try to do some quality. We've been doing a little shorter episodes, which that's been a little nice on the editing side. Um, You know what? Um, I need to say these. If you're listening, and there are things that you really didn't capture or get from this episode, but you want to learn more, I'm going to tell you right now. Don't send Drew a message. Don't send Drew shit. Um, <laughs> reach out to reach out to Reggie and Ben. Look, yep. I'm, they're not going to open Absolutely. up the entire book for you guys and read it to you verbatim. But I'm certain, knowing that they're nice fellas, they're they're going to shoot you straight and they're going to give you the right, you know, at least get you going in the right direction. Yeah, Reggie may not yep. shoot you his uh, his filters that he's using, but he may <laughs> shoot you a YouTube video that to help you out. Oh, for sure. Oh, pro tip, pro tip. Don't whoa, get whoa, sucked, whoa. don't get sucked into buying all these damn packages. Yeah, make your own. That's that's why yeah, I make your own. my own presets, and then yeah, you yeah. sell them off to other people. So if you want to buy, there a you preset, go. <laughs> oh, there you go. He'll sell them to you. He'll sell Reggie, them to I'll you, call you right after, after I get done saying, "Don't get sucked into buying all this." And, and I'll sell you my spots too. Whoa! I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just cut wait him wait off. Get him out of here. Collected from me or the ones you've collected from Ben? Oh, uh, well, 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 my spot like for me. <laughs> yeah, just I'm not the ones from Nick. Wait, wait. The, one, the ones oh, yeah. he's collected from me and Ben are the same exact spot. So that's it. Probably. <laughs> Lord. But again, again, we want to thank the bro staff for being a part of this. We want to thank ACK. We want to thank Bait Butler. We want to thank Pure Fishing. Chris and I were talking uh, today. I think we both spent way too much money um, on the Pure Fishing site recently. They have uh, their stock back up on the Pure Fishing site, so they have things there. Um, real sportswear. Chris has got his real sportswear hat right now. You know, me every day. Me and him were talking uh, the other day as well. Like I don't, I don't really wear any clothes anymore. That, that they're not the real. They're oh, not okay. real sportswear or ACK. I mean, literally, look, I've got a Revo hoodie on and an ACK hat. Like all of our sponsors have, have hooked us all up with some swag uh, throughout the past two years, so 
it's it's been it's been great. Uh, I'm I'm excited about doing this for two years. Chris, did you think we would be doing fifty something episodes when we started this? Honestly, the way that you put it, whenever we first talked about it, I thought we were going to be running like seven episodes a week, and I was. <laughs> That's way too much. Way too much. It, it never so, would have lasted. I'm I'm glad that that I kind of talked you down to reality a few times. Guys, thanks for listening again. This was live from the Bait Butler <laughs> Studio. Thank you guys for listening.